Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to The Joshua Perry Show here on Monday, June 17th, 2019. I am Dave Biddle, and this podcast is, of course, starring the former Ohio State linebacker, captain, national champion, and NFL player, Joshua Perry. Always good to talk to you, Joshua, on this fine Monday, and welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be back another week. Uh, another good show coming up. That's right. I, I think this will be a fun topic. People, the one that uh, a lot of fans that talk about, wonder about, what it's like to be a famous former Ohio State football player living in Columbus and the pros and the cons that go with that. You want to start with the pros or the cons? Um, We'll start with the cons because it's such a short list. Um, First, I would say I'm hardly famous. I would call myself recognizable, but I would never say famous. Um, You're famous. Yeah, okay. Um, But I guess the, the true con is like, you got to grow up a little bit faster than everybody else. Like you can't act like a typical, I'm 25. I can't be a typical 25 year old. Like, you know, it's not a good look to be at bars on weekends, sloppy, um, you know, just kind of doing those types of things. And it's not really my deal anyway. And I'm not knocking anybody who does, but um, you know, just, it, it comes across a little bit differently um, when you're a recognizable figure. Uh, especially with some of the things that I want to achieve in business and, you know, with my charity and everything, it's just not a good look overall. Um, but that's really the, the, the cons, if you would, if you would call it such, I think that, um, you know, that list is super short because there's so many good things and happen to, um, a lot of the pros. I mean, there's plenty of them, but number one is just, I think being able to, um, come back to a community that showed you so much love while you were playing is a big deal for me. Uh, it'd be different. And I could have probably gone anywhere in America when I was done playing professional football and had my choice of places to live and started a career there. But there's something special about coming back to a city that you feel like kind of put you on the map, if that makes sense. Like where people really appreciate who you are and they've kind of followed you, watched your career develop, and they want you to succeed in the next step. Um, which kind of leads into the second part where um, you know, Coach Meyer stressed it as part of the Real Life Wednesday program, and Coach Day is going to stress it as well. But you got a lot of leverage as a Buckeye in Central Ohio. And uh, what I do selling real estate right now, obviously having a name helps a little bit because people tend to want to work with people they, they know. And at least to a certain degree, people feel like they know you when they've been able to watch you play for four years and they've been able to follow what you're doing. Um, so that's always helpful, just being able to leverage being a Buckeye and, and some of the other Ohio State players, former players that um, have decided to stay in Columbus, that definitely helps. Um, and it's, 
I think it's just a thing of beauty, honestly. Like you got guys like James Laurinaitis who sit on the mountain of money and uh, you know, played in, in St. Louis and uh it's kind of been all over the place. He grew up in Minnesota and he lived in Nashville, but ultimately he decided coming back to Columbus was the right thing to do. And I think there's definitely something to be said about that. So um I would say probably more pros than cons. I think just being around the people who supported your career as you've come up. Um, just some of the career opportunities that you have from being a uh, a Buckeye in Columbus. And then um, to me and some guys probably, you know, if I was Ezekiel Elliott, I might feel a little bit differently about it uh, because he's just so recognizable and so famous. But for me, it's, it's really cool. Um, you know, I was at the mall over the weekend in Lululemon um, visiting my girlfriend at work. And this guy and his son and daughter were there. And he was like, you spoke at my son's school. And they always talk about when you came in. And like that interaction to me is super cool. And if I would have decided to stay in Indianapolis or move back to San Diego uh, when my football days came to an end, I, I probably wouldn't have that same opportunity because I, I wasn't able to do outreach the same way. Um, and so I think it's just that aspect of uh, interaction on a different level with people and just being able to connect that way. That's been really special too. Yeah. I had, I had some notes written down here and you hit on pretty much everything that I wanted to talk about. I, I am. Can you kind of touched on this too? Um, I'm curious about the things that could be pros or cons depending on the situation. And, and you touched on it. Like you could be out to dinner with your girlfriend and somebody comes up to you and it's just really cool. They say something nice to you. They don't really bug you that much, even though you're having a meal and it makes you feel good. And you're in front of your girl, you know, kind of makes you, yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, people still know who I am. I'm still Joshua Perry. That's right. And that's got to make you feel good. But I also imagine there could be a fine line when you're having a meal. If there's somebody comes up and they're bugging you a little too much, maybe they've had a little bit too much to drink and or maybe too many people are coming up with you and you're, you're trying to just enjoy your meal with family or your girlfriend or whatever. Is there some of that too, or it could be pros or cons when, when people are coming up to you in public? Yeah, it's a fine line. Um, you know, my, my girlfriend's funny because she she hates it like when people come up because I always do that little smirk afterward. Um, but she's a really good sport about when they do come up and she'll take pictures for people and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think I think fans around here just because they understand it and like they appreciate Buckeyes so much, like they're not going to sit there and constantly bug you. Like I, again, I'm not Ezekiel Elliott, so I'm speaking from my experience. Like they're not going to sit there and badger you throughout a meal. Like they're going to come up, shake your hand. Um, thanks for a championship type deal. And that's kind of it. And that's super cool. Um, it's, I've never had it to the point where I was in the middle of a meal and I was like, um, I was annoyed because of how long somebody spent or how much time they took. And I, I always tell myself to, to keep things in perspective. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't see myself as one of those types of players that 40 years from now, people are going to be patting me on the back, telling me how great of a player I was. So, um, while I'm sitting here and it's still kind of fresh to people, and, you know, I'm still recognizable as, you know, former Buckeye player Joshua Perry. Um, I, I tend to enjoy those interactions, um, you know, but it, it can be. I've seen guys who have been uncomfortable, um, you know, like Tyvis Powell, for example, made some fantastic plays. He was he was uh, uh, MVP of a national championship game. And, you know, people always bring up that interception in 2013. Um, we were playing at Team Up North. And I'm sure for him. Like when you get into a, a place, a venue where there's a ton of Ohio State fans, it could probably be overwhelming. But at the same time, I think most of the guys are grateful that people want to recognize them in such a, uh, a manner. And stop selling yourself short. There's been 
three national championships for Ohio State since 1968. With all apologies to the 1970 team, they were not national champions. Um, you know, there's been 1968, 2002, and 2014. There's only a certain amount of guys that can say they were starters on those national championship teams, and you were one of them, and you're a Central Ohio kid who was a big-time recruit. So you are famous, my friend, so uh, stop selling yourself short. I want to switch gears, though, and talk about um, – just things you're hearing about middle linebacker. I continue to be fast, and we've talked about this maybe a hundred times on the show already. But um, you know, we talk once a week. I'm fascinated by middle linebacker Joshua um, Taraja Mitchell's a guy I'm really rooting for because I feel like he has the highest ceiling. I keep saying that. I feel like not to root for particular players, but if you're going to, I feel like he's the thumper. He's got the highest ceiling. What do you? But you got Tough Borland there. You got Baron Browning there. What are you hearing about middle linebacker? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting battle because I think you've got one guy who's a seasoned veteran is not not nearly the athlete that the other guys are, but a very cerebral player who's been able to get the job done. And I think, you know, when he first stepped into the role as middle linebacker, he made some really great plays where he was just hustling, chasing guys down, where he was able to use his recognition in tough Borland. And then you've got a couple of younger guys. Taraj is kind of the hot name right now, a little bit of the, you know, flashier guy he's a stud athlete you know he's he can he can make things happen he's a physical player and then you've got baron browning the five star who everybody's kind of trying to see if he can break through and what i'm hearing right now is it's tough's job to lose so he's going to be the guy going in um he's got that solid footing i think he's he's picked up the defense a little bit quicker than the other guys and he has that experience of playing so he you know he's a little bit more savvy on the field but um, I think the consensus is once the game slows down for Taraja and for Barron, uh, they're going to have ample opportunities to go ahead and take a job. And they might have to find a way to get um, either of those guys on the field, both of those guys on the field, whatever it is. But I think the one thing that is separating them right now is the maturity on the field and the knowledge of the game. And I, like I said, the game has to slow down for both of those guys. And then once it does, I think there's the, the competition is going to kick up another notch. And last thing on the Joshua Perry show, this edition of the Joshua Perry show, um, people don't like it when we when we talk about, you know, people in the media talk about and fans talk about, will Urban Meyer coach again? So we won't talk about that. But I am curious about this. It, just get your take on this. If the stuff – that happened last year, you know, as far as the Zach Smith fallout and Urban getting suspended and all that, if that didn't happen and Urban was healthy, um, go, you know, finishing last year and all of last year, his health was where it needed to be. Um, how much longer do you think he would have coached at Ohio State? As long as his health would have been where he needed to be. And I, he's a guy who, I, I don't know, he's, he's chasing all kinds of things. If anybody's listened to Zach Smith's podcast, I'm not going to sit here and say I haven't. He talked about the chase and how he was always chasing Alabama and he was chasing Saban. And I feel like that type of desire would still be there. And it would be now the chase of, of Saban and the chase of, of Dabo because Dabo's now, you know, Rowling's literally swimming in money and he's got the championships too. And if Urban, you know, I know we're not going to talk about it, but if he ever did get back into coaching, I think it would be that drive to compete with those two guys. Uh, but if, 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 what happened, the fallout never happened and his health was in order. I think he would have he would have coached into his 80s if it was possible. He's just that type of personality. Um, I think that there are two things that happened is his health was not very good. And even when I was a player, he had um, that surgery to alleviate what was going on with the cyst. And, you know, he I mean, he had um, just some really high powered habits and 
um, I think just a drive and intensity that caused a lot of stress and anxiety, um, you know, just to be able to do things how he wanted to and to be able to, to maximize every player and to be able to develop every single coach on his staff. Um, I, and so in saying all of that, I think his health issues were absolutely compounded by stresses that he incurred on the job. And so I feel like if the fallout that happened at the beginning of the year hadn't happened, this is just me speaking from my personal feeling. I don't have any inside information on this. This is just me knowing coach and me understanding what we all saw last year. I feel like his, his health would have been in a more manageable position because I think that took a lot out of him. And what really took it out of him wasn't um, what they were saying about him in the media, because, you know, there, there are plenty of, of talking heads that have nothing but negative things to say about Coach Meyer because of what happened during his tenure at Florida and how some of his players there behaved, etc. I think what it was is the way that they were speaking about his wife, Shelly, and the way that they were trying to drag his family into it. That really took it out of him. And so I think that there were a lot of reasons for him to step away from the game. And, and the most important one absolutely was his health. But I think that the health issues that he's had, and it's documented back to Florida, and we saw it here at Ohio State, absolutely has to do with the stress that he took on at the job. So um, to me, Coach Meyer is going to coach as long as he, he feels like he's in, in a uh, position to coach in terms of his health and what he means to his family. And if that means like, you know, if he feels like two, three years from now, He's in a position to where he can go again. Probably going to see it. I feel like that means if he felt like he was in a position to go here at Ohio State, we would have seen him still here. But uh, the fact of the matter is, you know, he's got other things to take care of besides being one of the best head coaches in college football history, and that's his health and his family. You touched on it, so I do want to, if you don't mind, ask you about the Zach Smith podcast. I, I have also listened to every episode, um, and I find it very, very entertaining and, and just um, – couple of things that stand out. I mean, he, he comes across, you know, you know, he doesn't come across unhinged at all. He comes across, <laughs> I think far better than maybe people expected. He doesn't come across like he's vengeful, vengeful at all, despite the name of the podcast. He's like menace to society. Like he's just kind of, you know, playing on that, you know, he'll say like, he'll make fun of Tom Herman and, you know, call him out for adultery and then turn around and say, but he's brilliant at this brilliant, brilliant. He, you know, he, you could think maybe he's, you know, jealous of Brian Hartline. No, he's up. He's talking up Brian Hartline. He's talking up Ryan Day. He has nothing negative to say about Ohio State. And, and I also find it honest. That's another thing. But sure. I wasn't there. I'm curious to get your – and we'll talk more about it maybe on next week's show, uh, on, on your podcast next week. But just to close out the show, are you finding his podcast, the stories that he tells, that, I mean, they come across honest to me. Are they, are they honest in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, you know, just from what I was able to see as a player and in, in- – you know, some of the things that we all saw transpire, it's absolutely honest in terms of what he's talking about happening at the Woody, et cetera. Now, you know, things from his personal life, I can't comment on because I haven't been there for all of it. Uh, but one thing I will say is a lot of people were surprised that he comes across as articulate as he is and that he's not completely unhinged to set in the third. And we, I think we all have to realize that there is a reason and say what you want about his granddaddy and all this, but there was a reason that he was a position coach at Ohio State at age like 27. You know, this this is a an intelligent man, you know, like I'm not talking about his character at all here. I'm talking about just between the ears. He is an intelligent man. He was a, a, a fine coach, understood offense very well. You know, whether he maximized his players, we can go round and around. I think there's a number of things that happened there. But, you know, like he 
he is not a crazy, dumb, this, that, and third. There's a reason why people had him working around college kids. There's a reason why he was very good at his job. And I think the other thing we have to understand, too, Menace to Society, the name, it's fantastic. Everything he did there, all the Twitter hype beforehand, he is he is branding himself right now. And he even talked about it in this last podcast. But now he's in a position to monetize it by selling sponsorship and being able to, to create a little bit of a revenue stream. And I think that he had in his mind that he wasn't going to be able to go back to coaching. But he has a wealth of knowledge about football and a, a, just a number of stories he could tell from being at Florida, from being at Temple, from working with all these great coaches to his time at Ohio State around great players, that he could absolutely monetize it by just telling stories. And that's exactly what he's doing. So regardless of what he, he's done as a person, who he is as a man, uh, I enjoy listening to the podcast. I think that he's telling some pretty good stories about what happened at Ohio State. And then, um, you know, the one thing that I will pat him on the back for is being being able to create a hype and a brand and then now, you know, transitioning into a place where after five episodes, he's able to monetize what he's doing. I think it's awesome. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 